G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Anxiety is a major mental health issue in society today. Anxiety disorders including panic disorder, obsessive compulsive disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, and anxiety disorder in general affect over 18% of adults in the United States. That is about 40 million individuals. Is this a problem that is unique to our generation? Is anxiety a condition that did not exist in Bible times? If it is, then the Bible probably wouldn't help us if we struggle with anxious thoughts or find ourselves in situations where we feel we cannot cope. No, anxiety is no respecter of age or century. We see that Jesus and Peter and Paul all exhorted believers not to worry or to become anxious. Anxiety threatens every time we leave our comfort zone. Whenever our perceived needs exceed our perceived resources, we begin to stress and feel inadequate. And of course, the devil knows exactly how to push your panic buttons. He knows the areas where you feel most vulnerable and will test you in those areas. But these are also the areas where you can most expect to experience God's grace. Your greatest moments of stress and anxiety are the times when you will discover that God's grace is sufficient for you. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. And thank you for joining us for a brand new week of Set Free. And our subject this week is a sound mind. And welcome, Ken. As you've said, no one is immune to anxiety. In fact, some of the statistics around today show that in some countries it's the number one mental health problem. Yes, but as Christians, we come back to the practical fundamentals of our Christian faith. And here's one of them. Whatever you're going through, God's grace will abound much more. God gives grace to the humble. Now, the humble, as we've said many times, Phil, is not to grovel, not to say I'm nothing, but to say without him, I can do nothing. Mm. So if you're a humble, if you're you're living in that sense of uh, Christ dependency, then there's grace for you. In fact, the normal Christian life is a life of abiding in Christ and enjoying his uh, resources as they're made available to us. Of course, you know, when we were not connected to God, when we were away from God, we learn to become comfortable with our strengths and uncomfortable with our weaknesses. But in Christ, that philosophy is reversed. We live by grace through faith, and grace is God's ability in the place of my inability. So grace is not trusting in my fleshly resources, but laying hold upon the supernatural ability that God wants to give to me day by day and moment by moment. Of course, you know, it's fair to say that the first response of the flesh when we encounter problems is to try to be free of them, to get out of them, deliverance, if you like. But God's priority is that, hey, I want you to experience my grace. I want you to know what it is to have um, my supernatural power flowing through your life. It really is a kind of an instinctive thing, isn't it? We want to flee. We want to be free of anything that we don't feel like we can handle in our own ability. Yeah, and that's just one of the reasons that I'm thankful for the Bible because it shows us that even in Bible times, they had the same instinct. Do you remember Paul and his thorn in the flesh? What was his instinct there? He said, get me out of this, you know. If it's, how can I get rid of this thing? 
Um, I guess his philosophy was, I could do so much more without this thorn in the flesh. But God's philosophy is, no, well, you may actually do, be able to do more with it, mm. you know, because my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Mm. Grace operates best when we sense our need of Christ. Doesn't mean that it's necessarily a comfortable thing for us <laughs> when we're there, though, does it? No, it's not. That's right. Phil, do you remember that time um, when uh, Jesus was in the boat with the disciples and uh, he said to them, um, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees? And uh, they said, oh, what's he talking about? Oh, it's because we've forgotten to bring bread. So Jesus said, you know, duh. Um, <laughs> when I fed the 5,000, how many baskets were over? You know, when I fed the 4,000, how many baskets were over? Now, he wasn't saying when I fed those thousands, weren't there a lot of baskets over? He's asking the question, how many? On both occasions. Well, let me ask you, Phil, do you know? How many when they fed the 5,000? Was there 12 baskets left? There was, top of the class. Oh, thank you. Now, what about when he fed the 4,000? There was a few. There was about seven, I believe. there we go. So in other words, I mean, he had five loaves, two fishes, fed 5,000. He had seven loaves, a few fishes, which is more than two, and he fed 4,000. So in other words, um, he did more with the little that they gave him. In fact, the less they gave him, the, the more, more he did, did yeah. and the more they head over. Mm. Um, so basically what he's saying is don't plan your life on the basis of your resources. Plan your life on the basis of what I can do if you will tap into my grace. Mm. But even so, they still got anxious when the storm came and uh, and Jesus had to calm it. And it's, I guess it's comforting to know that the disciples and the early Christians, you know, they went through the same stuff that we did, uh, yeah. different ways, of course, but... You know, Jesus still had to encourage the disciples not to worry. Yeah, that's right. And, and and of course they learned because Peter, later on when he wrote his epistle, he said the same thing. He said, come on now, cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. Mm. That word care is a, is a very interesting word in the Greek. It's marimna. And it means marimna. actually, yeah, to be distracted. Um, those things which we constantly give thought to or if you like, obsess over and which make us anxious. So, to cast them upon the Lord. Now, that's something I've got to do. <laughs> Peter says, cast your cares upon the Lord. doesn't say, ask the Lord to take them away. He yeah. said, now you cast those cares upon the Lord. I guess there'd be many people saying that. Yeah, that's a nice concept. It's it's poetic and all of that. But yeah. you know, how do you do it? You know, How do you really cast your cares on the Lord? How do I get rid of this thing? All right. Well, let's look at what um, Paul said. He said, like, be anxious for nothing, uh, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And then the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So the first thing he said is, look, you know, it's basically the same as what Peter said, bring these things to God in prayer, but do it with thanksgiving. So I always say, Phil, that um, thanksgiving is the language of faith, you know, grumbling and whinging, that's the, mm. that's the language of unbelief. He's basically saying, oh, I can't cope. God's left me in a situation here where I just am not going to be able to handle this. But thanksgiving is recognizing, as you say, that we all go through these difficult circumstances, but God's grace is there. So, for example, when we're in a situation where we feel we can't handle it, we don't say, hey, I can't handle this. But we say, even though I can't see how I'm going to cope, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so we give thanks for God for his wonderful provision. And And it's a real release when you do that too, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, here's another one. You know, we might get bills and we think, how on earth am I going to pay this? So we can start complaining. I've got no way of paying this. But, hey, how about we give thanks that, you know, my God will supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. And again, that's kind of a naturally instinctive thing. We focus on the problem, not yeah. the problem solver. 
Exactly. And we've just got to change our focus. Absolutely. All right, so what's the second thing that Paul talked about? Well, then he, he told us to set our minds on what is true, what is noble, what is just, what is pure, what is lovely, what is of sound report. Now, I always say, you know, you can't stop the birds flying over your head, but you can stop them making a nest there. In other <laughs> words, we can't, we can't control what thoughts come into our mind, yep. but we can control what thoughts stay there. And, uh, you know, when Paul says set your minds on this and set your mind on that, that's, a, that's not a passive thing. That's something we've got to actually do. Mm. Uh, we choose what we set our minds upon. As I say, we, we can't help those thoughts that come in and are suggested to us even by others, but we do control what stays there and what we set our mind upon. And, uh, you know, Paul talks about pulling down the strongholds of Satan, um, pulling down the strongholds that is of uh, wrong thinking patterns that are built up in our minds and become a stronghold there. And then he says, you know, bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So, you know, we're talking about anxiety, Phil, this week, and the root of anxiety is a belief that is not based in truth. So if I'm believing something that's not based in truth, then what I'm experiencing, the the emotions that I experience and feel uh, are not actually based on reality. And so the key is to get our minds on the truth. Exactly. And the truth is that God can supply all our needs. Exactly. According to his riches in glory, not according to our limited resource. Yeah, so it will involve doing two things, I think. is One is pulling down those strongholds, those uh, things that we've set up, those thinking patterns that are erroneous and you know, producing, triggering, if you like, these negative emotions yeah. as we respond to life, and then replacing those with the truths and the promises of God's Word. Some practical help this week on a sound mind. And we'll have more on this discussion tomorrow. Do join us. Until then, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg, including the book What's Eating You, which features topics from today's message, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.